Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. There will be a mix of news as usual, but there will be no denying that a big chunk of this episode will be all about Disney, but also Spider-Man. Yes, this passing weekend was the D23 Expo, where Disney showcased a, they showcased a whole bunch of stuff from ceremonies and celebrations, announcements and presentations, um, and usually some big uh, showcases and news items uh, you know, come from the Expo. Uh, but yes, the big topic will be this Spider-Man situation. We will get to it. But let's start with some official and concrete information on Disney+. Plus. We've been talking about the streaming service for a long time. Yep. We've got some news. Yep. And uh, Australian-related news, right? Like, related to us. I mean, the rest of the world, you're okay. But here in Australia, <laughs> we get in it. <laughs> we will get Disney Plus November 19th. Now, that is so soon. That's, um, okay, two months and a bit. It's incredible news. It is one week after the official US launch. But that's fine. I'm okay with a week behind. We were speculating, you know, like maybe six months, sometime 2020, you know, like maybe we, even later. Who knows? You know, like we, Australia does get left behind sometimes. But not this time. Nah. Disney when it counts. Have got us covered. <laughs> when it counts, we're included. So we've got some pricing. Australia based pricing. Yes. So the Australian dollar uh, for the Australian subscriber $8.99 per month. Bargain. Or there's an option for $89.99 for a year. Which is $7.50 a month. Thank you for making that cal- I was like, oh, Disney, a calculator. Disney, <laughs> take my money. <laughs> like, I am so happy I mean, about this news. You'd just go for the year, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't think I'm going to get it for I two months. I think most people would. I mean, just based on... Like it's $90. On just- the content available and knowing what else Disney have, which is most things, $7.50 a month. It's pretty cheap. I'm going to keep Netflix. $17.50 a month. That is such a good deal. Yeah. I think we'll be covered. Um, but that that bundle will include... It will give you seven user profiles. Um, I think on Netflix, the most you get is four. Um, four devices streaming at once. Okay, so that's sort of similar, I guess. Um, and 4K streaming, which I think is the standard... I'm pretty sure that when it says, yes, a four devices streaming, you can have multiple devices with Netflix, but so you pay Have it on your device. iPad, watch it on your laptop. But you pay extra. TV. It's yeah. not indicating here that you have to pay per device. So that's included. That's very cool. And yeah, 4K streaming. So you get that high high definition. Uh, do you have a 4K TV? I don't. So I do. Yeah. 4K ready. I've got it hooked up to my... Ready. PlayStation 3, <laughs> which is which runs on Steam, I think. It's quite an old machine. <laughs> runs on Steam. But yeah, no, I've got a I've got a top TV. Oh, top tier TV. I do. Okay, very good. Um, so that's very exciting. So I guess, I guess, yeah. Where honestly, we're, I am, we've got it. So expect, I'm so surprised. Expect um, a whole bunch of reviews of uh, Disney Plus content, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Movies. hey, it's coming. <laughs> We both have Netflix subscriptions. You may notice we cover quite a few Netflix original films. If we can watch a movie for free, essentially, yeah, we'll do it. All content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, let's get into trailer talk. And yes, there will be some Disney-related ones. But but first, yes, Dolmite is my name. Is Dolmite how you say it? Dolmite? Yep, yep. Now, I'll be honest, this came out about two weeks ago. I did watch it. I just don't remember it, but I swear I watched it. So I'm throwing it over to you. 
I mean, this is based on a real guy that was into guerrilla filmmaking. He wanted to be a movie star, a stand-up comedian, a rapper, and he came up with this alias of Dolmite, and that was his like on-screen personality. And for the most part, people didn't take him serious at the time. Where they came around to him later, apparently in the 70s, 80s, uh, it was a good stoner movie, or people used to blaze up and watch his movies and have a bit of a laugh. Eddie Murphy had been trying to get this movie made for a long time. All these years later, through Netflix, he's finally getting it made. Is that why he hasn't been doing anything else? Is that... <laughs> well, he did Mr. Church years ago, but we never got that here in Australia. But he's not been doing much of anything, but he's starting to like pop up in a number of places. I'm really excited about that. But with this movie, Eddie Murphy is a karate-chopping sex machine. Jesus. And... It looks hilarious. I was laughing so much throughout this trailer. And then one of the, the last scenes really cracked me up. When you've got Murphy and he's doing a stunt and he turns to the camera and he's like, did it look like Shaft? <laughs> he just cracks oh, me up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did it look like Shaft? Oh, man. <laughs> this movie looks hilarious. It is getting a limited theatrical release, but then it will be available on Netflix and of course after this there's talks of uh, Eddie Murphy returning to stand up he was in a recent episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee Uh, what else Coming to America the sequel he's going to be busy Eddie Murphy is back yeah but honestly after watching the Dolmite trailer as well because I watched it on YouTube you know it'll recommend the next thing that you watch and and the actual trailer for the real Dolmite popped up and I clicked on it. It is hilarious. Oh, well, there you it's go. not so supposed a... to be, but it is. Is it because of the context you now have? Not, it, not or... even that. It's just about, I mean, he's earnest about what he's doing. He's trying to make a real movie, and I'm. I really wish I'd wrote the real actor's <laughs> name down. I've just got Dolmite, but the guy playing Dolmite, he was trying to make a Shaft movie or a legitimate movie. And it just wasn't there. But, <laughs> but because he's trying so hard to be genuine about what he's doing, like he wants to make something good, but it's, it is funny. It's kind of funny. It yeah. is funny. Like, you know, like you'll have scenes in his movie where he'll throw a punch and he misses, but they just keep it in the film anyway. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something worth checking out. So Dolmite well. is my name. <laughs> it's got a release date of fall in the US. So that's like, what, September, October time for us. I'll have to take your word for that. All right, next up is... um, This came from D23 with all the Disney Plus stuff. This will be a Disney Plus release. (laughs) Lady and the Tramp. I have sprinkled D23 news throughout the whole show, whether it's trailer talk, movie news, TV news. (laughs) So why not? (laughs) We're going to have to get a D23 bell. That that is true. (laughs) That is true to replace the Netflix bell. Or a Disney bell. We've not used that in quite a while. What I found interesting about this, they actually filmed... The movie with real docs, actual cameras, so it's none of this Lion King like photorealistic CGI, CGI animated dogs. It's yeah. It's, and if you look at a movie like Babe, that's what they're doing to animate animate the mouths. Like the mouths move, there's dialogue, but the dogs are real. And what I thought was a really nice touch: the dog playing Tramp is a real rescue dog. Oh, that's nice. Just like all these other live-action remakes, this movie looks just like Lady and the Tramp. It does. 
And I showed the trailer to my kids, seven and two, and both of them are into it. They want to watch it. Yeah, so it's not like... It has like that period sort of setting as well. I mean, the dogs look like the... I mean, they're the dogs that they're supposed to be. This could be a surprising, like, little win for Disney Plus subscribers. I think it will be, and the fact is that it's going to be available day of release. People are going to be waiting for it to air, like the streaming service itself. And this, I'm thinking, is going to be just one of the many things that people flock to. And just something that the whole family can watch as well. They like those families. Uh, next up, we've got Noel, another Disney Plus uh, movie. This one starring Anna Kendrick, Bill Hader, Bill Eichner, and Shirley MacLaine. Um, Christmas movie. Um, Anna Kendrick, the sister of Santa, I believe. And Bill Hader is Santa? So or I think is he Bill the... Hader is taking over from his dad, and he's going to be a new the... Santa, yep. but he doesn't want the job, and his sister, Noel. Oh, so has to bring him back to the North Pole. So they're the son and daughter. That's of what I got Santa, from the trailer. Right. I've seen the trailer was, and the poster. I was too distracted by Anna Kendrick in her. <laughs> I'm basing all her... my knowledge on this movie <laughs> on one trailer and a poster. <laughs> That's what it looks like, and it looks fun. Expect a review. <laughs> it could be. I think yeah, that will most likely be our Christmas review this year. So that's exciting. I mean, last year we did the Kurt Russell Christmas movie. And we were talking about this before we hit record. For the life of us, cannot remember what it was called. It was what Christmas was the Santa. Yeah. Christmas is in the title. Is it though? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank. Oh, I don't know. Uh, let's just talk about the Mandalorian. Oh, before we do though. Oh, no, okay. It's not officially on the schedule, but we did get to see some new footage from Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, uh, exclusive first look. It was mainly think, or a something, right? Yeah, it was mainly a recap of what we've already seen, but then we get to see an evil-looking Ray with a double red lightsaber. Essentially, she's in a Sith cloak, and yeah, she's got a red Darth Maul-type lightsaber. The internet is ablaze with speculation. Mm. Is it a Jedi clone? Is it a like a nightmare or dream sequence is she pretending to be bad you know it's all this has speculation she just put on a cloak that happens to be black and has picked up a lightsaber that happens to be red but it looks interesting <laughs> that mean she's a sith lord and that lightsaber how it's like two blades side by side and it flips yeah it's like a sw- more like, it's like a swiss army knife yeah. lightsaber but then it's like a darth maul lightsaber yeah. when it flips when it extends so yeah, the Mandalorian. <laughs> so I just get it in Again, there. Disney Plus, of course. Um, television show, John Favreau. We all know the details. Um, yeah, what did you think? Amazing. Looks like a movie. It does. The quality and the production value. I'm very surprised. But also, I, a little part of me is not. I'm like, you know what? I, I've just come to expect this stuff now, I reckon. It really looks incredible. And we've talked before about the approach to this, how they're getting movie filmmakers to direct an episode each. Jon Favreau is the showrunner. And I'm blanking on the guy's name, but it's the showrunner of Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars The Clone Wars, who is directing the pilot. Oh, I can't help you there. Jessica Chastain, she's directing. I was like, is that who? I was like... Now it's oh, uh, Taika Wahiti, he's going to direct an episode. 
it looks again like a movie. I'm really do we do we know the it. episode count? I think it's about eight, maybe sure. ten at the most. Eight sounds about right, especially for what they've shown. And you know what? It looks like Star Wars. It looks like the Star Wars world universe tonally. Yeah, just it, very cool. I guess that's it for the trailer talk segment or part of this show. Um, on to movie news. Well, I guess we have to start with Spider-Man. This is, um, <laughs> oh, this is big news. After failed negotiations between Disney and Sony, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios will no longer be involved in future Spider-Man productions. How do you feel? Look, so when this um, news broke... My stance on it was, look, I, I don't know if any of this is official. There wasn't any sort of official announcement. It was sort of, let's just take a step back. Let's just wait, see how this all sort of comes to be. Um, and then we did start to get some sort of uh, articles, reports on all the information, talks of like 50-50 split offers and all that kind of crap. But overall, as the dust settled, it seems concrete. It's, um, yeah, Spidey seems to be out. I'm going to be controversial here. Mm. I'm okay with it. Yes. I'm absolutely okay with I'm, it. I'm sort of, I'm coming to terms with it because of what seems to be, what seems to be the direction going forward, what things have been uh, spoken about. Obviously, the idea of if you, you know, if you, without giving spoilers away, if you've seen Far From Home, the latest Spider-Man movie, you would know that... There is a cliffhanger of sorts, let's say, which is pretty big and it does leave the character sort of, I guess, in a bit of a sticky web situation. That needs resolution, I think. Um, the the build-up of the character in the MCU through Infinity War, Endgame, all that, it, it, it sort of allows itself... It, it needs to be... I don't know, it's very MCU-centric. It, it is... It's, there is going to be a bit of a hole. But it seems like Tom Holland's still contracted to be in Sony-produced, made Spider-Man movies. They want to keep him. It seems like they might continue the story or his character development anyway, but then obviously just with some absent elements, which might be okay. And where the character is, it might actually work. So we might be okay. It's silly. It's not ideal. But I think it might be okay. I don't know. If I had a choice, I wouldn't choose for this to happen, yep. but it's happened. And looking at the pros and cons, a definite pro for me, Spider-Man can finally be his own character out of the shadow of Iron Man. Mm. I mean, Happy says it best in Far From Home. You don't need to be the next Iron Man. You're the first Spider-Man. And I think without this separation, you're always going to have that association. And I just want... Peter Parker Spider-Man to be his own character. I liked seeing the other characters and it all being interconnected, but you can't take back what's already been. So he's always yeah. going to be part of the MCU. He's just not going to be popping by and saying hello to Hawkeye or whatever. That's and that's the and that's sort of where I'm at. I'm like if they as long as they continue what we've got obviously he's just not going to be interacting with other characters. Obviously they're not going to be able to name drop a few certain things. Maybe that'll be Okay, but you know, one of our biggest gripes was you know the 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 Iron Man Junior type thing that they were you know, doing with him. But where they left him at the end of Far From Home, it was like, oh, it looks like they're going to step away from that anyway. You know, if we were getting an MCU made Spider Man three, 
it looks like it was going to be a Spider-Man movie, solo movie anyway, without all the extra baggage. So maybe we're just going to get the same thing, just Kevin Feige's just not going to be, you know, running things and they're not going to have the bigger picture. But maybe there still will be conversations between the two studios and be like, you know, can we do this without sort of wrecking that or, you know, advice? Maybe people, they'll play nice. Can you remember when it was announced that Henry Cavill was no longer going to be Superman? Way worse than this. <laughs> that was legitimate bad news. This is, are you still making Spider-Man movies? You've committed to Spider-Man 3 and 4. Oh, okay. Yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm okay with this. I mean, Marvel have so many other projects coming up. We'll get to it later. But if you're looking for another teenage superhero to fill the Spider-Man void, they're potentially going to have that happening anyway. I think this... I'm still it's disappointing. Yeah, in an ideal world, we would get a Spider-Man three, Disney made, just to have that Marvel trilogy. Made, I mean, yeah, or well, well, you know, I'm mean, really more. Give me as much as you can. Still. I've jotted down the Sony Disney timeline. So Sony loans Spider-Man for Civil War. Feige produces two Spider-Man movies for Sony. Deal was then amended to include Infinity War and Endgame. Disney made a one-time payment of $175 million to Sony for all Spider-Man merchandising rights. Mm. There's a lot of money in that. So already, like, deals have been amended, extended. Yeah, I mean, but I think by the end of it, I think what the deal, which we never sort of were, you know, the public was never really privy to, but it seemed to be that there's this 5% thing. So Disney were making 5% on the initial box office uh, revenue on the Spider-Man solo movies, um, they would also get 100% of all the merchandise, profit and stuff like that, and Sony wouldn't see any of that. Sony would obviously pay for the movie, um, pay for the uh, distribution and pay for the marketing, but then they would get 95% of the box office earnings and obviously any home release revenue and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was a good deal that benefited both. So I think, yeah, Disney's obviously come in and they've said, well, the speculation is that they've asked for, oh, let's put, we want to contribute, well, co-finance 50% of the movie. But in, in, in doing that, we want to obviously also take 50% of the box office earnings as well, which is, you think on paper that sounds, oh, that sounds fair, but it raises a lot of uh, red lights and question marks. When they're co-financing 50-50, it puts IP into question. Any new content that they make together, any new characters, it all kind of makes it murky. And apparently Disney also wanted to, like, they wanted to oversee Venom movies and the, and the villain movies that Sony have have this plan for, uh, any future Spider-Verse movies as well, and also do 50-50 um, in on those as well, which why, if you were Sony and it's your property, why would you do it? I can't see that in any world any of them saying yes. No and one would say yes to those just deals. look at the size of Disney as well. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, Sonya, like, can we just have something? And you mentioned, you mentioned Into the Spider-Verse there. If you're worried that Sony can't make a good <laughs> Spider-Man movie, I know it's animated, but Into the Spider-Verse is a fantastic movie. We talked about before on the show how Phil Lord and Chris Miller who were behind Into the Spider-Verse, are working on Spider-Man-related TV shows. 
maybe now that will be amended and they will be the new Kevin Feige of the cinematic Spider-Man. And I'm okay with that. Look, as the end of the day, as long as they're in as much as they can continuing this Tom Holland interpretation of Spider-Man, let's call it that, and they're not rebooting, killing Uncle Ben again and bringing in the Green Goblin. Like, <laughs> as long as they don't do that, because that would just be Sony effing it up. You know, I listened to an interview, and we don't get a lot of Uncle Ben in the Spider-Man movies. And the baggage that Peter Parker has been carrying around is the Tony Stark baggage, Mm. especially in Far From Home. But somebody pointed out there's a literal scene in Far From Home where Peter Parker is carrying baggage in its Uncle Ben's briefcase or suitcase. And it's literally baggage, isn't it? Yeah. How good is that? I mean, in in Homecoming, he does mention to Ned, um, you know, Aunt May's been through enough this past year, alluding to exactly. Something. I mean, they allude to it's it. It's there. I'm thinking, without Stark, maybe three. Peter's like, hang on a minute, I should be sad about Uncle Ben. You know, he once told me, with great power comes great <laughs> responsibility, because they have gone out of their way not to talk about Uncle Ben. And to say that immortal line. Yeah. So maybe Sony will give us that. And maybe they'll give JK a flat top. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Come on, Sony. Spider-Man Homeless. uh, Coming 2021. Yes. Done. All right. um, So with that all out of the way, I guess, we will keep it Marvel. But uh, Disney Marvel Studios. Sorry, Uh, Sony. (laughs) Marvel's Eternal, yeah, the rest of it. Where everyone else is, you bastards. You've now, had your moment, Sony. <laughs> now back to Disney. Marvel's Eternals. Um, Kevin Feige announces that Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones fame. Well, don't ask me what character he plays. Jon Snow, I believe? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, look at me go. Uh, will play Dane Whitman in Marvel's Eternals. Um, Dane Whitman is known as Black Knight in Marvel Comics. The original Black Knight was his uncle. He was a villain. When the sword was passed to Dane Whitman, he became a hero, one-time Avenger. But from what I know of this character, using the sword is like a drug. They treat it like an addiction. So he's not always using it. And we use it only really when necessary. Is it like the power that's addictive? I think it is, yes. So it's like the anti-Excalibur, which is for good. The Black Knight sword is for bad, but he tries to use it for good, and maybe that's what has like a negative yeah. impact on him. Mm. But it's interesting. I mean, who knew we'd be talking about this? Not only Eternals having a movie, bloody Black Knight on the big screen, and yeah, Kit Harrington. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people like him. I people guess. have heard of him. <laughs> He's a name. And Gemma Chan has become the first MCU star to be recast in a major role, taking the part of Cersei in The Eternals. And we were talking about this last time on the show, saying there were rumours about it, but it's not going to happen. She had a character poster for (laughs) Captain Marvel. If you have a character poster, that's your character, one and done. So no, she's doubling up. Maybe this time she won't be blue. And that's how she's going to be I think you can... I think maybe... Yeah, you can get away with it then. If I know. think they can get away with this, and yeah, especially because yeah. that's makeup. She's an alien. Ah, yeah. That's, we that's don't know different. what she's going to look like in this movie as well. Like she could look completely different. But yeah, she's the first MCU character to take on a big role. 
because we've had it before where the actress is it Alf, Alfie Woodard she was in what was it Civil War and Luke Cage yeah. two different characters so we've had it before but this is the first time it's been a major role yes and actually in the movies as well like just contained within the movies they keep pumping out these Marvel movies you know <laughs> people are going to want to come back for another bite of the apple that's it maybe Kevin's will come back and play Johnny Storm again who knows <laughs> happen <laughs> probably not <laughs> black panther 2 we have a release date may 6 2022 i mean yeah cool it's one of those things where it's like okay so d23 was coming and we were like especially with all this spider-man stuff we were like well you know we could get you know a little bit more of um the mcu slate what's what's happening beyond uh 2021 and we got Black Panther 2. We knew this movie was coming. I just thought it was going to have a title. Like, there were rumours that it was going to be something oh, sure. like Rise of the King, something Namor-related, but didn't happen. But that's okay. Do, they, do we do, they, do we have access to Namor? Namor uh, yes, is universal, Marvel, I believe. No, no, I'm pretty sure that Marvel do have him, and there was a rumour that he was referenced in Endgame. Yeah, that's it, yeah. But they mm. do have him. They could still use him in this movie, and maybe they will give it an actual title. But anyway, that could 20, still, yeah, 22. That could still happen. We have an official title for the next 007 movie. Um, Daniel Craig returns as James Bond in April 2020 in No Time to Die. This is what I'll say. Sounds like a Bond movie. <laughs> Every word in this title is from a previous... Bond oh, like maybe that's why. But it definitely sounds like a Bond movie. I mean, there's only four words, and two of them, like one of the words is two. So I mean, yeah. I like but, it. but I mean, yeah, keywords, <laughs> including no. <laughs> and we also got a little bit of a synopsis as well, if you needed one. Like it's a Bond movie. But it, what happens? But what happens? <laughs> In No Time to Die, Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Lita from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto a trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Sounds like a Bond movie. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> it definitely does. How many of these Daniel Craig ones has it opened with him just like on vacation? Or... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, works out, doesn't it, at for least, the most part? At least two, right, I think, already. But this sounds good, and that last movie, although okay, you don't want that as your last Daniel Craig Bond movie. This one sounds promising. I think and again, it, the title's great. I think if, if the pattern goes, Casino Royale was a, was like, you know, a Really hit. good. Um, Quantum of Solace was... Really bad. I mean, it was okay, but yeah, pretty bad. Skyfall, amazing. Really good, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other one... Uh, it was okay. Uh, Spectre. Spectre. I enjoyed it, but... Yeah, no Time to was... Die? Really good. I, I think, like it. Let's I, follow, think, yeah. I like your logic. Let's I follow that. It's a, it's a good pattern. Matrix 4. That's the thing. Who saw this coming? Lana Wachowski will write and direct a fourth movie in the Matrix franchise. Both Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss will reprise their roles as Neo and Trinity. And Warner Brothers is reportedly looking to cast a young Morpheus. So a few things there. <laughs> well, there's a lot there. First of all, Matrix 4. Yes. Are you excited? Are you I in- am. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. 
I'm interested. I'm not. I'm not like over the moon. Like, yeah, wow, we're we're getting this. That first movie is incredible. The second movie is okay. The third movie is not good at all. Give me another good <laughs> Matrix movie. If they can give me two really good ones and two bad ones, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not ideal. The second one's only kind of bad because of the CGI. But the second good. one is like, look at Neo. He's doing his Superman thing. Yeah. Like, it was like, it was before the MCU. And it visually, for the most part, it was really good. What Reload gave us. Revolutions. Get away. <laughs> Get away. He's not good. Because it's like, we do need some redemption. Oh, we do need redemption. Yes. Imagine that is a perfect that. title. Oh, because, nah. Okay, so we've got a character, Neo. He can do all this awesome shit when he's in the Matrix. So what are you going to do for the third film? Oh. oh, he's not in the Matrix. Yes, okay. When is he going to the Matrix? Hardly ever. It's, it was Even just in a the big first movie, the, 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 the worst part for me is like all the non-Matrix stuff with like the robot octopus things. And stuff. I just... I'm like, okay, I'm along for the ride, but... The trilogy is now on Netflix, and I fell down a rabbit hole. In fact, <laughs> I just thought, oh, very nice. I will just <laughs> hit play on The Matrix and just have a little look. It's been a while, and then I got lost in it. I was just watching The Matrix. It, it is such a good movie. Now, interestingly, only one Wachowski sibling is coming back. It's better than none, though, isn't it? For the longest time, <laughs> neither was attached. And there's no... There's no announced reason I guess why the other one isn't coming back it could just be she's busy they could be still like attached in some capacity maybe co-writer producer I don't know picking up the phone every now and then and being like nah don't do that that's dumb we've got one Wachowski (laughs) let's be happy with that one Wachowski better than none I mean before they were talking about a reboot Michael B. Jordan hey Maybe they'll still bring him on board as a young Morpheus. Who knows? Well, that, well yeah, that's it. Um, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Moss back. I mean, that's always good. That's so obviously, crucial. they're continuing. Crucial. They're not rebooting, so that's good. I mean, it could be a soft reboot of sorts, possibly. They did a re-release poster, and on it, you had Keanu Reeves, Carrie Moss, and Lawrence Fishburne. And only credited by name was Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne. And I bet Carrie Moss now is like, look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they will have leading roles or do you think it'll be... I hope so. Star Wars episodes uh, 7 type where it's don't, like... I don't need this to be the start of another trilogy. Just give me a really good movie. Don't yeah. give me a fourth movie of Settle. Um, Just give me a good bloody movie. You've only given us one. <laughs> Matrix movies, I mean. Speed races are that, I guess. Maybe. That's been a thing. while. The Wachowskis haven't really done anything. No. But the, impressive thing. But they've so. made one really good <laughs> Matrix it. movie. And it's and it legitimately still is really good. Oh, that so, is yeah. such a fantastic movie. For real though, what do you think the title will be like? Re enter the Matrix? Honestly. Matrix Redemption Rebooted. That would actually worry me. Yeah. Well, yeah, Matrix Redemption. Although a little I don't know, on the nose if you come from it from our or, the Matrix for the fans. <laughs> I don't know. Birds of Prey. Um, John Wick director Chad Stahelski is taking an uncredited role in Birds of Prey to beef up the action sequences. Sounds good. So he'll just be supervising scenes, Stunts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his cool. background is a stuntman. He was Keanu Reeves' stuntman on the Matrix films. That's where they first worked together, and then years later... John Wick, and now, yeah. Well, if I it's mean, John Wick, yeah, that's that's 
Sounds you're looking at like a classic the... action movie. You get all that from John Wick, and they're saying that Birds of Prey is going to be a low budget DCU movie. Sure. What is it? DCEU movie. So yeah, great. Bring him on board. Like, let's get some. Actually, sounds like John really Wick. Good doesn't stunts. It? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's weird that they're not going to credit the guy though. That's well, it depends. What I see happening here, he's seeing this as an opportunity. I will come aboard and I will help you with your stunts, but um, I'm quite interested in that character over there. Let's talk later. Let's talk after. Ah, okay. Let's get this movie out of the way. Let's get my name attached. To it. Well, not attached. Not attached. <laughs> Let's get my name uncredited and we'll go from there. Let let the people talk about me. <laughs> he's going to put the work... Well, we're talking about him now. He's going to put the work in and maybe... I mean, the people involved in production are like, you know, the, the heads of studios and stuff. We right? can have a say. <laughs> DC Showcase, it is back. I watched the Sergeant Rock special on the Batman Hush uh, Blu-ray. You know, we did a recent review of Batman Hush. Great Batman movie. Check it out if you haven't already. The next DC animated movie is Wonder Woman Bloodlines, and it includes a short that centers on death from Neil Gaiman's Sandman series. Jamie Chung will provide death's voice. Jamie Chung, I saw her last, I think, in The Gifted, the X-Men TV series she played, Blink. But this is good. I mean, we're getting characters in these DC showcase shorts that aren't going to carry their own movie. So it's a good opportunity. Like, back in the day, before we got Arrow, the TV series, we got a Green Arrow short, which was really good. And they've done Jonah Hex with Thomas Jane and Catwoman, heaps mm. of others. So yeah, they're going to keep on coming, so... With every DC animated movie, we get another showcase short. That's really cool. Yeah, it's interesting that it's a Neil Gaiman property as well. Um, the the comics are they still? What were they? Vertigo or? Yes, Vertigo. Yeah. Yep. And Vertigo then... is no more. Just in time for DC to release The Kitchen, which is a <laughs> DC Vertigo movie. So is DC Vertigo like a thing, or is oh, that just they're uh... doing a lot of things? Like they've got a. Like an adult line now, mm. DC Black Label, and I think they're folding Sandman and all those characters right. into that. So they they work, they're playing well together. That's so she she's still an adult character. Like you're not going to get her running around with Superman. Yeah. Oh, a bit of a uh, bit of Little Mermaid news. Prince Eric, you know <laughs> the prince in the Little Mermaid. Yep. yep. Um, so Harry Styles from One Direction fame, he's passed on the role. Breaking news. Would you like to discuss this further? Well, like, just last episode, we were talking, hey, have you heard that Harry Styles <laughs> might be playing Prince Eric? So I kind of figured we owe it to the audience now, do you know what? <laughs> to put it straight. To be serious, you'd think, you'd think, you know, why would he pass on, you know, big Disney role, live action, blah, blah, blah. Besides, you know, Aladdin, you know, title role sort of thing and, you know, the uh, voices from The Lion King. I think this is probably a smart move from Harry Styles. I don't know, man. I mean, who Prince do you remember Harry. who played the prince in Cinderella? I do know who played the uh, Prince Eric. I thought you were going to ask me that because that would have been a great oh, okay. segue. <laughs> the voice of Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid was Christopher Daniel Barnes. Okay. Also known as Peter Parker Spider-Man in the 1994 animated series. Oh. Uh... I see. And an upcoming episode yeah. of Sounds Like Comics, episode 50, will be all about the animated series. 
Nice play. I've lost my train of thought. Prince Eric seems to be a, a fairly popular Disney prince. So is Prince Charming. I think it's Prince Charming. Is it Prince Charming I mean, in Cinderella? He's, he's pretty famous. <laughs> but, but but my point is, what is his name in... in who played him in, Cinder, in Cinderella? Prince Charming. Oh, well, I don't I know. Don't even, I don't even know who... Well, the, whoever the prince was. What, in the original animated No, series? in the live, in the live action, action movie. That was I've not seen it. Oh, <laughs> You're talking to the no wrong way. person. It doesn't matter. No okay. one knows. No one freaking knows. I still don't know what Harry Styles can do. I know that he's got the whole singing thing going mm. on. He I was, think uh, he was in Dunkirk, but I've not seen I, it. Uh, yeah, and I think I think for his profile, for his like his books, I think he wants he would want to go for a role where he's front and center. He's a star, you know, something bigger. Not this is Little Mermaid's movie. This is Halle Bailey's movie or whatever her name is. This isn't Prince Eric's movie. He, it's going to be a big I movie. I think a smart I'd move say, for him. Smart move for him to, to not take it. I mean, it certainly doesn't need it, but it could have been interesting. But The Little Mermaid, it's up there with Lion King, Aladdin, mm. around that period. I mean, Little Mermaid was, what, 89? And then we got Aladdin, Lion King. So that was like Disney coming back, wasn't it? Yeah, the uh, they, Renaissance, I think they called it. Yeah, because they went for a period where they weren't getting these massive hits, and then all of a sudden... Because they kept making movies about rats and mice and shit. True story. And dogs. <laughs> but then again, 101 Dalmatians was a hit. I'm just looking for a nice that little was, seg- that I'm was looking for a segue, <laughs> because Cruella... They did the live-action... Uh, they did with uh, Glenn That was Close. in the 90s, wasn't it? That was in the yeah, 90s. they did 101 Dalmatians, and then the sequel, 102. 102. I've only seen. The I remember. First one. I remember the the reasoning for the title. It was like oh, an extra dog. Like how many puppies do we need this time? One hundred and two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, anywho, we've had our first look at Emma Stone as Cruella Deville. Disney put out an official shot, looking pretty cool. The movie will take place in London during the punk era of the nineteen seventies. And what I didn't know until prepping this. Emma Stone and Emma Thompson will both play Cruella Deville. So oh. I'm thinking Stone flashback and then present day. But either way, we're oh, getting two Cruellas. The movie comes out May 28th, 2021. Do you think she will, like, will this be 101 Dalmatians or will this be a Cruella prequel where I mean, it is a prequel to that movie like, yeah does like a dalmatian piss her off or something and she's like one day i'm gonna make a code out of the you. official pick it's got her holding dalmatians on a leash mm, so she, but she looks great so if they're gonna do oh, something does, yeah, actually, yeah, stylized different i mean i'm liking the sound of punk era 1970s it kind of goes with the character and you know the fashion and stuff so they can play that in really well They've done the animated movie. They've done the live action movies already. There's a Disney Channel animated series, 101 Dalmatian Street. What? That is a thing. Okay, I, think sure. I think it aired last year. So there's already a lot. So if they're then going to come and say, we're going to do another one, we'll have it be different. And this sounds different. Mm. I can already see the follow-up would be the Emma Thompson one where she does go after the... The there 99 puppies. Could be. Mm. Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey will be lending their voices uh, to Pixar's upcoming film, Soul. So we don't have too much on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little bit of um, casting news. When we first heard about this project, we were talking about it. And now we have some casting. This is supposed to be like Disney's most ambitious, like, if you thought 
Inside Out was intense. This is going to be like on a whole new level, but in the same sort of vein. So Disney are going, we'll show you Pixar. Oh, no, this is Pixar. No. Pixar are going, <laughs> we'll show you Pixar. Anyway, Disney, not Pixar, completely missed that part. You did say Pixar. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hang on. Disney are doing Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm. Aquafina will play Sisu the Dragon in Disney's upcoming animated film Raya and the Last Dragon. It's a pretty it's a pretty cool title. So dragons are a big thing. They yeah. are. How to Train Your Dragon. Big money at the box office. Couple of little tidbits about this project. It's inspired by cultures of Southeast Asia. It's a combination of classic Disney and Kung Fu movies. It's set in the mysterious land of Commandra. Raya is a warrior on the search of the last dragon in the world. And this is due to be released November 2020. So I've gone from knowing nothing about this. To like all it got that. announced at D23 <laughs> and it's like, but what is it? There you go. That's what it is. Well, we like Kung Fu. We like dragons. We like Disney. It could be a good combo. Could be. Frozen 2. Uh-huh. We've got some Frozen 2 news. Um, Evan Rachel Wood and Sterling K. Brown join the cast. Wood will play Elsa and Anna's mother in flashback sequences in the upcoming sequel. Uh, no idea about Brown yet. What are we doing? I thought this would be a good <laughs> idea to include Frozen 2 news because we're doing a lot of D. Look, you might as well put it in. Yeah. We've got the information out. We can laugh about We're it. all about the news. <laughs> so Frozen 2, you know what? I actually think it looks all right. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> yeah. my, my eldest, she is not interested. Maybe I, I can I say turn this to a lot of people. I really like Frozen. Do you know why? I've no. only watched it once. I have seen it lots and lots and lots because I have two And girls. that's why you hate it. I don't hate it. I just don't like it. Yeah, because you've watched, watched it strong a lot. So you watch it oh, like a hundred times. Oh, no, it it's once. back. It's back in my head. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Oh, that. If my voice was nearly proper swore then. Completely broken right now, I would join you. Halloween me. kills. Let's <laughs> <laughs> on to the next right, story. Right. Anthony Michael Hall is set to play Tommy Doyle in Halloween Kills. Doyle was famously played by Paul Rudd in Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers and was also one of the kids Laurie babysat in the first film. So there have been rumours this past week that Rudd will be returning. Not the case. Instead, we're getting Anthony Michael Hall. That works, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice to have had Rudd back just to keep, you know, that first movie they brought Jamie Lee Curtis back. Mm. But that's okay. The character they're bringing back. It wasn't the whole point was to ignore all of the sequels. They're just doing their own thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. That first Halloween film was a mega hit, the, mm. the, the recent one. And they just... Keep it on going. <laughs> just well, I mean, that's it, yeah. They're just making that's more. It, yeah. We well, like money. <laughs> We're going to make more. Isn't that, isn't that everything? Um, well, that's it for movie news. Now, on to TV news. Ewan McGregor will return for a Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> there it is. I mean, this... Is incredible news. I think for the longest time it was sort of like you know you know we had the Star Wars Star Wars spin-off movies. We're like, well, we'll give Obi Wan Kenobi a movie with Ewan McGregor set in between you know three and four. Will we get this? A lot of people do still have issues with the prequels, but not with Ewan McGregor I as Obi Wan Kenobi. He's got to be the. He is really good in that, mm. and to get more of him, 
I'm excited for. Because when they said they're making a solo movie, a Boba Fett movie, and they're chucking all these solo films out there, and everyone wanted Obi-Wan Kenobi, and now it's happening. It will be a limited run, six to eight episodes. McGregor is rumoured to direct multiple episodes, and a familiar mechanical co-star is said to appear. R2-D2, for sure. Maybe. Oh, interestingly as well, the series will take place during the events of Star Wars, a solo story. I kind of figured, just like the Christmas special, (laughs) Star Wars (laughs) would want us to forget Solo, because I liked it, you didn't, and a lot of people didn't. And I thought they'd want to distance themselves, but now they're saying, hey, we're going to make a Obi-Wan series. It takes place... At the same time as Solo. Well, I mean, that's just a time frame. And I suppose there were elements from Solo that they would probably want to hang on to. Maybe whatever they were doing. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. It, but it can't Actually, to have a Darth them. Maul and Obi-Wan. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Obi-Wan versus Robot Legs. Maybe he's the mechanical co-star. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, almost. Maybe. almost. He's, he's familiar. So, I mean... He's mechanical. I mean, yeah, that would make sense if they want a Darth Maul, Obi-Wan, you know, uh, revenge battle thing. This had been rumoured for a week, and then at D23, mic drop. Official. Kathleen Kennedy herself made the announcement. We've already got a whole bunch of Marvel Studios television show or TV shows um, set for Disney+. Plus. At D23, they gave us three more. Well, they announced three more. We're getting Miss Marvel, we're getting She-Hulk, and we're getting Moon Knight. This is crazy. In the opening, I was talking about Marvel having a teenage costume character that could be their new Spider-Man. Miss Marvel. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like that- She is a massive hit in the comics since her introduction. She got, she was, she got, she's essentially an inhuman, and that's how she got her powers. She's like, she's invulnerable, she can stretch... She's got all these things going on and people love her as a character. And what they've also said is that she will be starting off in her own TV series, but will also appear in the movies. This is very new for Marvel to make that kind of announcement. Mm. I can already see, you know, like Brie Larson coming in and doing an, having an appearance in the in the show. You know, of course, vice versa, if they're, if they're going to do it that way. The whole thing with Miss Marvel... She is a Captain Marvel fangirl. And she... So she adopts the name herself? She does. She goes, I want to be... She is inspired by Captain Marvel. Mm. And she starts wearing the costume. And then she lives up to her own So then we're going to... I guess we're going to have to have a little bit more Captain Marvel on Earth and doing things. If, That's true. If, if that is the route that... If they keep that. Um, but of course, Marvel Studios will develop a Miss Marvel show for Disney+. Plus and it will follow uh, Kamala Khan the character you're referring to. Um, interestingly, their first Muslim-led superhero, and that's the appeal of that character in the comics. This character is such a big deal to a lot of people. That's it. I mean, there will be people now, I guess, that they can look on screen and say, hey, that character, that superhero looks like me, and there's only good that comes I mean, from that. Like, look at Black Panther. Exactly. The amount of people that came out and said, for the first time, I could see myself on screen in one of these superhero movies. That's it. And I'm just waiting. All I get is Shang-Chi. God damn it. He's a good character. <laughs> is he? Is and all I get is... I don't care. Peter Parker's Iron still my Man, boy. Peter Parker, <laughs> Captain America. 
they don't need to look like me. <laughs> Spider-Man wears a mask. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, we've got Ryder and Sharona, Bisha K. Ali at the helm as well. And you mentioned She-Hulk there. She will appear as both a lawyer and a superhero, which is interesting. <laughs> Potentially, we will get an appearance from Mark Ruffalo. The whole thing with She-Hulk is she was dying. Uh, Jennifer Walters is her name. She was dying. Her cousin, Bruce Banner, gave her a blood transfusion to save her life. And then she got to Hulk out only. She kept all her senses. So she had the powers of the Hulk, but she didn't go Hulk smash. <laughs> and Moon Wait, so she's so she's going to be like a... Smart Hulk. Like Professor Hulk yeah, in Endgame. But like Lawyer Hulk. <laughs> Moon Knight, you mentioned already coming to the MCU. Mark Spector is Moon Knight, a former mercenary who gains powers in thanks to the Moon God, Kenoshu. Kenoshu. Moon Knight as a character and concept, batshit crazy. He's nuts. He's... Really interesting. And in some ways... Quite like can be a violent yet romantic, but uh, like a violent sort of character, and the, the stories have been tonally a bit more mature. All and, over the place, he's yeah. been schizophrenic. He's had multiple personalities, and, and he'd actually become those personalities as well. Like he'd, he'd go around as being like a millionaire, or he's an actor, and he and at times he believes himself to be these different identities. Mm-hmm. And I sent you a screenshot from one of the older comics, yeah. and it's <laughs> and he's like it's Moon Knight, and he's in Dracula's castle, and he's calling him a fucking nerd. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna do this on screen. Like, I really don't, but I'm, I'm obviously excited this for is it. still going Disney Plus, so I'd imagine they're not gonna go balls to the wall like real mature with it. You know, if this was landing on Hulu or Netflix or something like that, I mean, different. You we'll just have to wait and see. Cause you can't do a PG Moon Knight because what's the point? But I was first introduced to Moon Knight reading Ultimate Spider-Man, and then I looked into him further after that, and I was just like, this guy is nuts. And it's, it's been a character that I've wanted to sort of see somewhere. I. And I think maybe a TV show is better than a movie because you just get I agree. more I agree. time with them. One Division, said to be half sitcom, half epic MCU adventure. One Division promises to bring a fifties flair to Disney Plus. They put a poster out there, and on the poster, it was very much what you'd expect from like a fifties sitcom setting. It is Wonder and Vision on a couch, and he looks human. But their shadows in the background, yes. she's waving her Scarlet Witch headdress, which she hasn't yet worn in the MCU. And he's got the diamond shining on his forehead. I still don't know what it is, but I'm very interested. I, I imagine it will be... I think they'll... Think think Legion, but the MCU's Legion. Oh, that so I think stop she's going to... Potentially, this vision is, and look, it's, it's it's been enough time. It's it's going to be her way of entering a world where she can be with Vision, and you know, some sort of thing She's in her mind, or potentially splintered off and created a new reality. Yeah, or like I've said, or on something, the podcast in, a, something before, in her mind. Yeah, like, yeah. I've said on the podcast before that when he's dying, she freezes time or whatever, and they have this series together. <laughs> like it happens in a moment, but we'll just have to wait and see. We've got some casting news, though. Kat Dennings, we've not seen her since Thor The Dark World. She played Jane Foster's mate. 
she referred to Mjolnir. I, like, I feel as, like you're trying to think of her name then. As Mjolnir. <laughs> I honestly can't remember the character's name, but she's coming back. <laughs> Randall Park is coming back from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Jimmy Woo. That was his character's <laughs> exactly. name. You remember Jimmy Woo. Catherine Hahn is playing a nosy neighbour. Mm. No, we're not noisy. Nosy a neighbor. Nosy, yes. Nosy neighbor. Every sitcom has a nosy neighbor. But honestly, Catherine Hahn, this will be her second Marvel appearance. Her first was as Doc Ock in Into the Spider Verse, which we know that's not connected, but I like to think maybe. <laughs> maybe. And yeah, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen are back. Also, Tayona Paris who will be playing the adult version of Monica Rambeau, will be in it also. Now that is... So she's the young girl from Captain Marvel. Yeah. The... So this is a time Ooh. jump, so she's all grown up. So with that bit of information then, yeah, this can't all be just in her head. So it's a splintered reality. Or she's brought Vision back. Well, who knows? Well, we could get, <laughs> we could get a little, little bit of both. It could be like stuff in her head, which is the sitcom kind of stuff, and then... Like the real world. I mean, either way, One Division as a title is still awful. But will I watch it? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> I'll watch it. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Wyatt Russell will play John Walker, who in the comics goes on to become U.S. agent. If you're unfamiliar, it's like a black Captain America costume. So, like evil Captain America. Well, or just. A more ruthless Captain America, he, more, yeah. swears a lot more. I mean, he kind of sets out to do the right thing, but yeah, it gets a bit blurry. Yeah, so he's, he's just like, gotta get, get, yeah, a bit more but open. He's, he's an loose interesting character. <laughs> I think the, the last time he appeared in the comics I was reading, he was wheelchair bound and he was a prison warden. Ah, that's right. <laughs> I don't, hopefully, hopefully it's before that happens and we get him in the costume. And we've also got uh, confirmation Actual confirmation that Emily Van Camp will return as Sharon Carter. Good. I liked her in the movies. Well, that's it. And, well, I mean, she fits in with these characters, I guess. Like, they're her movies, the, the Captain America one. So, yeah, these characters. Marvel's What If series will have 23 episodes, one for each film released in the MCU so far. Nearly the entire cast of the MCU will lend their voices. Oh. Which is pretty cool. So with the episode count, do you think it'll be like a what if for each movie? Or I think so. They'll take that. Or maybe take... maybe I think it's character based. Oh, okay. The first one will be Captain America, so they're not starting with Iron. Man. Oh, I mean they don't have to do it. In the order, first but... one is what if Captain America, or what if Peggy Carter was hmm. Captain America? So yeah, I imagine they could do. They could actually pick each movie, whether they do it in any sort of order. Maybe there'll be a couple episodes that are, you know, multiple, like a story arc or something. But they could do, like, an Iron Man one where, like, what if Tony Stark died in the cave or Again. something? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Whoa. And then all, but, but then do another yeah. Iron Man one where it was like, what if, uh, what happened in Iron Man 2? What I if, know, I don't know, what if Nick Fury was like, let's do the Avengers now or something? Whatever they do with Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. isn't involved. So when I said oh, that's nearly... So maybe the they will cast. kill him in the cave. <laughs> maybe. No dialogue. No, no dialogue. Just just dead. Straight away. Doesn't even get to the cave. But that's cool. Yeah, no, I think it sounds great. 
Now this is a bit weird, this one. Um, Disney Channel has ordered Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, an original animated series. What is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? I'll tell you. The series follows the adventures of 13-year-old super genius Lunella Lafayette and her 10-ton T-Rex. If you were wondering how big it was. Uh, Devil Dinosaur. After Lunella accidentally brings Devil Dinosaur into present-day New York City via a time vortex, the duo works together to protect the city's Lower East Side from danger. The Lower East Side does need a bit of help. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> not real commentary. Similar to Miss Marvel, this comic was a hit. Very popular. I read a couple of issues. Recognised it's not necessarily for me. I could appreciate it. But there's an audience. And just like this series being on the Disney Channel, they're skewing younger. There's a animated Rocketeer series coming out also on Disney Channel. I thought it might be Disney Junior actually, and that's like age seven and up so maybe this one's a little bit older maybe around age 10 but it's a marvel series where the main character is a little girl i mean why the hell not marvel's dora the explorer the, yes or maybe not even stick maybe that not on the poster disney <laughs> <laughs> jason that film's due <laughs> um, and we're going even younger with this next one spidey and his amazing friends that's a series that is set to debut 2021. The series will follow Peter Parker and his friends, Miles Morales, Gwen Stacy, a.k.a. Ghost Spider, which is her new alias in oh, the comics. Oh, sure, yeah, okay. We're going to get a Hulk, Black Panther, and Miss Marvel appearance, and they will be working together to, to defeat evil forces. Sounds like... It sounds what they should be done, yeah. like, or at least looks like Marvel's superhero squad. Yeah, remember but, that one where it was kidified? So these, but Spider-Man centric. But this is preschool, and the fact that they're having Spidey instead of Spider-Man, which was a show in okay. in the nineteen eighty-one. Ah. <laughs> we covered it so on our that was Spider-Man Spider and the and his amazing friends, right? That was yeah. So yeah. they kind of use that, but it's Spidey and his amazing friends. So that's a new show that's coming out. So worried about Disney not making Marvel movies. They're doing this. I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't watch all Spider-Man content. There's many animated shows that I haven't watched through. This will be another one that I... Obviously not for me, so I'll just, I'll just let it be. Let but it you know by. what? I've said already, I will be subscribing to And you've got, Disney the, you've Plus. got kids there. I've so. got girls that are age appropriate. So I'll get to watch it with them, like where ordinarily yeah, you'll get to watch. <laughs> I have my honestly. Excuse. Well, like you though, I wouldn't have watched this one. Whereas it looks age appropriate, yeah. and you know we can watch, you know, the next Tom Holland Spider Man movie. But my seven year old, two year old, mm. they're not interested in that. I mean, look, if I go to my sister's house and her kids are watching, you know, bloody the new horrendous Bob the Builder. I mean, I'll sit there and watch it, but I'm not going to sit. Let's there. just take a minute to address. What the hell is that? I've seen it also. My kids sometimes watch it. That is not okay. They didn't even try. No. They didn't even try to make it look the same. And he sounds nothing like Neil Morrissey. No, that's, that's anyway. Anyway. But I mean, I'll watch it. If it's if they're watching it and I'm sitting there, uh, you know, my eyes will be on the screen and I'll watch the episode. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Back to comics. Krypton. Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> I know you're a big fan. Uh, Sci-Fi has cancelled... The Superman prequel, Krypton, after two seasons. I watched the season finale on a Friday. The next day, cancelled. 
To be to confirm, that was a Saturday. The what next, was a Saturday? I don't know, the next day. Oh, right, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you, people know what day comes after Friday. But anyway, the night before the announcement of the cancellation, I finally got around to watching the finale, and they set up so much that I won't spoil here, and I'm like, wow, what will season three bring? And then I wake up the next morning, cancelled. Oh, Bloody sci-fi channel. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean... I watched half of the first season. I was going to continue to visit. Is it worth still watching the two seasons, even it, it is, if yeah. you're not going to get a conclusion? It is, yeah. And showrunner Cam Welsh, he posted on Twitter the first page of the season three premiere. And it shows you kind of oh. where they were going. It's like, oh, that would have been amazing. What Krypton does best, it gives you a different Superman story. And for that, I really enjoyed it. It's not consistently great, but when it is, it's really great. So it's worth it for those moments. It's definitely worth it. And they really focus on the supervillain in season two, Brainiac, Doomsday, Lobo. It's really worth you watching, even though it will be ending with season two. Well, you've mentioned Lobo just then. (laughs) Um, The spin-off is apparently far from dead. That's what Cam Welsh has said. Hopefully, they can shop it around and still get it made somewhere, and through Lobo, we will still continue spending time in the world of Krypton. Would that work, uh, I guess, with the, with like in love with the character, the story? Like, Could they do a Lobo spin-off and then address or answer a few, they know, type a few loose he, ends? As a character, he featured less than I thought he would. The interpretation of the character, I'm not completely on board with. Visually, great. But they've cast an Irish actor with a thick Irish accent playing Lobo. And I kind of see what they're going for. So if you're looking at an American... I say American-made, but apparently a lot of it did did actually shoot in Belfast. But it's American-made to an American audience. Kryptonians are English, essentially. They're casting (laughs) English actors. So going for something else a little bit different, they've gone to Ireland. Sure, yeah. But I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it hits my ear funny hearing Lobo be Irish. But for but other than that, the actor does a really good job and potentially we'll get to see more of him. I have the power! Who saw this coming? A continuation yeah. of Masters of the Bloody Universe. <laughs> coming to Netflix. Coming to Netflix. <laughs> Uh, Is there anything they can't do? Masters of the Universe Revelation will pick up right where the 80s series left off. Oh, and did I mention that Kevin Smith is the showrunner? I mean, no, but there it is. (laughs) I mean, holy crap. And they've got the producers of Castlevania working on the show. So I guess it's going to have more of an anime influence. But that's okay. It is okay. okay. They're continuing... Masters of the Universe and Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. They do the Fat Man Beyond podcast together. So both those guys are going to be working on this show. My God, just wait for the toy line. And just wait for the Kevin Smith <laughs> variant. Oh, shit. <laughs> a barbarian smoking a spliff. Wow. <laughs> well, that's it for TV news. Uh, the news in general. We've got some recommends for you. I've mentioned mine already. Oh. 
And I was thinking, is it okay? Because I may have recommended this before, but oh. it's a new season. Okay. To be exact, it's season 11 of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It debuted on Netflix July 19th. It features Eddie Murphy as well as Seth Rogen, returning guest Ricky Gervais, Matthew Broderick, Jamie Foxx, Martin Short, and many more. I love this show. I've been watching it since it was it launched on Crackle years and years ago. And I just love it as much today as I did back then. The first episode with Eddie Murphy is an absolute highlight. Ordinarily, the episodes vary on runtime, but they can go anywhere from 15 minutes to 20 minutes, thereabouts. The Eddie Murphy one's like 40 minutes. Oh, that's a lot of Eddie Murphy. That's, that's, oh, that's... And I'm comf- I'm a big fan of Eddie Murphy. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's shown at all. And I'm also a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld. So just an episode of them two in a car talking shit together is the best thing. So I was in it completely for Eddie Murphy. And I was going to watch the show anyway. But my favourite episode of the season, Matthew Broderick. Oh, that's interesting. It's okay. a really good episode. You find out in it that Jerry Seinfeld and Matthew Broderick are actually really good friends. And it makes oh, for okay. a really enjoyable experience watching that episode. It's a great show. I love it. It's a talk show, but there's coffee, there's cars, and Jerry Seinfeld is the host. It's I guess it's a you, bloody good show. I guess you get the you get some unique combos of of, of comedians or people. Like obviously Jerry Seinfeld's always one half of it, but yeah, just him with someone else. It'd be like odd fits, but I guess some of them aren't that odd because they are mates. So that's ah, cool. The concept of the show is yeah, always appealing anyway. Okay, you know how I love indie movies? You know how I love coming-of-age movies? I do, yeah. You know how I love girls? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes? I'm recommending Booksmart. Oh, I really want to see that. It's really good. It looks amazing. And it's really funny as well. Heartfelt, funny, all that kind of shit. Um, directed by Olivia Wilde. It's her first film. It stars Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever. And they are fantastic newcomers to movies, comedy, all of that. They just carry the whole movie and it's just, it's just nuts. Like it's, it's like super bad with girls. But not as raunchy. I mean, uh, Superbad was a while ago now. So even if you take girls out of it, I've heard it being described as Superbad for now. Like the modern Superbad. I guess, yeah. Because we've not really had anything in this way since Superbad. It's probably not as like... I guess Superbad went... Like there's elements of it that go really silly. And this movie doesn't go that silly, but it's still like really wacky and fun. Just because of the situations. But these two girls, um, they're two graduating high school girls who set out to finally break the rules and party on their last day, um, on their last days of school. So they've essentially been, well, they're book smart. They're, they've studied, worked hard um, so they can get into good colleges. But they find out that everybody else has been getting into good colleges as well. People that have slacked off, people that have just sort of not really cared they're all getting the grades as well, and they're all going to good colleges also. So they're like, what have we been doing? We've been wasting our time. So they sort of just need to break loose. And they do, and it's a it's a good time. It's a good time. So yeah, really recommend it. Unfortunately, it didn't make that much money at the box office. I've heard as that, indie, which is disappointing. As indie movies do. 
So I'm hopefully it's disappointing, but I'm partly to blame. I've not yet watched it. <laughs> I've not gone to the movies and given them my money. But I mean, home release, streaming, wherever it's available, like, yeah, get on to it. Instead of giving <laughs> money to this indie movie, I've been giving money to the other indie movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You're the indie director, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> Can you still say he's an indie director? <laughs> Interestingly, we both recently watched it, and neither of us is recommended it as a. Oh, do you know what? Oh well, well, let's let's do a very quick, um, unscheduled review of it. I liked it. I liked the last hour. (laughs) I was an hour into it, and I'm thinking to myself, "So what's it about?" There is no plot. No, until the last hour. It's about. It's about friendship. It's about uh, like a middle-aged. Crisis and then. Well, we don't so, want to spoil it, but, but he uh, was in contact with Sharon Tate's family and they approve the interpretation of her on screen. But it is, it's like. We can't really get into it without spoiling well, yeah. it, so we can't like. But the movie essentially is, I mean, Once Upon a Time is in the title. It's, it is. It's as fairy if. Fairy tale. Ideally, if this was a fairy tale. But again. I probably said too much. Okay, that's last hour. Yes, <laughs> really enjoyed it. And when I'm sat there, I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Am I watching a Western? And for quite a while we were. I mean, yeah. So that's the recommend section. Book smart hey. and comedians in cars getting coffee. On that, I would recommend, yeah, I would recommend Once Upon a Time. Too late. Hollywood as well. No, but as Too well, late. it's it. It's it. Book smart is clearly the better movie. <laughs> for me, yes. <laughs> it was. Okay. Uh, we always like to close out with a little bit of trivia. And I think with all things Disney, I figured if you don't know what D23 is, I'm going to tell you. Formerly D23, the official Disney fan club. Um, it's the official fan club for the Walt Disney Company. It's good. Uh, founded in 2009, so not even that old. Um, the organization, of course, is known mainly for the D23 Expo. And if you were wondering where the the name D23 comes from, obviously the D refers to the D in Disney. <laughs> of course it does. I thought you were laughing because that sounded dirty. No, it's... Obvious. The 23. Right. It's the 23rd event. No, because it's always D23. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Educate me then. Are they really? That's it. You shut your mouth. Did we not have D22 last year? No, it's always D23. (laughs) Okay. What is the 23? I think they've only had nine of them. Right. Smart ass. The 23 is for 1923, the year Walt Disney founded the company. Nice. So shove that okay. in your I hole. will accept the very last thing that you said as trivia. The D in Disney. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. But that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And all of our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsdewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Sounds Like Comics did a recent episode looking at the new Amazon series, The Boys. And Rewind and Review went back to 2001 to review The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Such a long movie. (laughs) And stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for our upcoming review of... The kitchen. I mean, I like the benches. Um, the appliances could do with an update. But... Spoilers. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.
first of all, um, he's a she. No, where we start with this? 